0: Welcome, once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. Hey, you want to hear a Bears joke? Yeah. Matt Eberflus. <laughs> hey, we won a game. Uh, the buzz is, is that Matt Eberflus gave the game ball to the entire team. Yeah, baby. <laughs> well, he should have given it to the defense, first of all.
1: <laughs> and actually, you know what? He should have walked to the other locker room and given it to Josh Dobbs yeah exactly we talked about on the last episode how josh dobbs was due for like a six interception game and he tried his best to get there Uh, (laughs) i think the bears got him what four times yeah four times and then there were a couple other ones that should have been picked that were dropped so he was just it's just that he's a, a backup yeah he's a perfectly fine backup quarterback and People got really excited, and it is a cool story, and look, he's probably still going to get the Vikings to the playoffs. I think if the season ended today, they'd still be in the 7th seed, so
0: good for Yeah, and there's still a solid shot. Yeah,
1: and good for the Vikings for making the best of a bad situation after Kirk Cousins got injured, but he was terrible on Monday, and the Bears still somehow almost found a way to lose that game. Justin Fields also wasn't good, and the play calling was bad, and it took a... come back within the final two minutes to get him there. And what I was thinking about today was that's the kind of game from Justin Fields that would have been great two years ago. Like, yeah. Didn't play very well and made some mistakes with the fumbles. but, but made a, He made some plays too. Yeah, and made a big throw at the end of the game to put together a game-winning drive. Like, that would have been great his rookie year. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of year three, you're sitting there and – This stuff just keeps happening, and the one fumble when they were already in the red zone was just brutal, because if he goes down, he can kick a field goal, and it's a two-possession game, and with the way the Vikings' offense was playing, that would have been pretty much it, but credit where credit's due, a win's a win, the Bears have played well-ish many times and found a way to piss the game down their leg at the end, so the offense was really bad, but they found a way to win on the road, so credit to them, and... Hey, we won a division game
0: for the first time in, like, 20 tries. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was actually two years since the last win. It
1: was 15 in a row, right? Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, and so, uh, you know, your comment that, you know, I, I could see this happening two years ago. Actually, to make it more limited, I could have seen that in week one. Um, and that's kind of what I was picturing, you know, they kind of play ugly, they play rough, uh, you know, they do make some good plays, but they have uh, some blunderhead kind of plays too, uh, you know, fields, um, does look really good on certain plays and then others, you're just like, what are you doing? But instead we watched that Green Bay game and we thought, Wait a second! Nothing has happened. Nothing has changed since last year, and we saw that kind of play for at least the first four games of the season, right? Um, so, it, seeing it now uh, is is pretty frustrating when we're pretty far down the road of of season three, right?
1: Yeah, just the. Fumbles in the fourth quarter—that stuff just can't continue to happen. And yeah. look, there was the second fumble, which to me wasn't as bad. He just got blown up. Like yep. you want him to hold onto the ball there, but look, the defender made a good play. That's gonna happen from time to time. But the first fumble, which is when they were down in the red zone and they had a chance to kick a field goal that would have put him up by nine, I think. Like that one just can't happen. That was just yep. holding onto the ball too long and lack of awareness and just poor ball security and those are the kind of mistakes that you can't have from a third-year quarterback that is hoping to get a massive extension from this team i mean that's just the careless type of turnover that loses you games and that we've seen far too often from fields so right the fact that that's still happening is, is definitely concerning now look you can also look at it the other way and say he made a couple of really critical mistakes, but he was able to make the throws and the plays that he needed to when it mattered most. And that's true. We've seen plenty of times with fields and with this offense where that doesn't happen on the last drive of the game, where you've got a chance to go down and win it and something goes wrong, whether it's a penalty or a bad turnover or a bad sack or whatever. We've seen it all over the last two years with, with this team, but It's hard to walk away from that game feeling good about Justin Fields or the offense. I heard a debate today about if you were grading Fields on just pass-fail for that game, would you say pass or fail? I think I'd say fail. It just wasn't good enough. and The Bears should have won that game by three touchdowns with the way the Vikings offense played. So the fact that it required a last-minute field goal to win it, I think is a failure.
0: Yeah, it, you know, going to the half-tied 3-all after the Vikings have turned the ball over three times, right. that's just not acceptable football. That's not acceptable product. This is entertainment, and I'm paying my dollars out for it, and I'm not getting my dollars worth <laughs> because that's a joke. I mean, you, you cannot expect to be a division winner a playoff contender, a conference contender, a Super Bowl contender—you can't expect to be any of those things when you're winning, uh, when you're winning games like you won on Sunday uh, or Monday night. That they, they have to be able to go in to Detroit, to Minnesota, to Green Bay, and and put down games where they're taking advantage of uh, turnovers, the way the the way it all works and that is if you win the turnover battle you're supposed to win the game
1: right and they did the same thing last week where they yeah. had a four to nothing turnover advantage and lost now yeah. the lions are a lot better than the vikings the vikings were just
0: but they should still be burning way. them
1: exactly like that that game against the lions should have been an easy win too when you win the turnover battle 3 to nothing yep. so look the the bears are not very good we know this I think they're a little bit better than last year, especially with how the defense is playing. I I think the defense is something to actually be a little bit excited about, but when the offense plays like that, it's tough to walk away from the game with a warm and fuzzy feeling, even when you get a win, because we know what happens to defenses. Guys get hurt, and it's just really difficult to sustain multiple seasons of having a really good defense. And also, you don't want to overreact to the defense when... They've been playing really well against Josh Dobbs and Bryce Young. And, look, they did play pretty well against Detroit, and that's a good offense. But also, Goff was playing really terribly that day, and he just didn't have it for whatever reason. And he hasn't had it for the last couple weeks. So, look, I'm excited as anybody that the defense looks a lot better. You can definitely tell how big of an impact Montez Sweat has made. Yeah. I'm excited about Dexter. He's played really well, even though he's not playing a ton of snaps. Yep. The secondary has looked good, the linebackers have played better, they've been getting a ton of turnovers, but just with the quarterback play that we've seen, it feels a little bit fleeting, because when you don't have a good quarterback and a good offense, you're Going to be what the Bears are right now, which is they can win games against mediocre to bad teams, but you're not going to hang in there against the big boys.
0: Well, and if you, if you want to look at it, if you want to break it down into segments, right, you have offense, defense, special teams, and quarterback, right? And the, the thing is, is, is that while we have seen improvement in the offense, because the offensive line has finally been healthy enough to field the starters that are supposed to be starting, um, and we've seen better play on the defense because, yes, adding sweat has turned out to be a huge addition. Mm-hmm. Um, this is helping the, the defensive line actually get pressure on the opposing quarterbacks, which is giving the interior, and uh, yes, kudos to Dexter to, for for starting to improve, yeah. but it's giving them more push, and it's giving a, a shorter amount of time for the opposing quarterback to lock up somebody and giving our our secondary a boost. Yeah. But, and, you know, uh, special teams, uh, you know, our our punter is decent and we have a really good kicker, right? However, more to say about special teams (laughs) later. But anyway, but the one spot where we just have no idea of where we're at is still at quarterback. I mean, sometimes the kid plays great. He balls out. He makes plays uh, with his arm that you're like, wow, not too many people can make that throw. He makes plays with his legs. You're like, wow, not too many guys in the league can run it like that, right? He shakes off defenders. Oh, not too many guys in the league can get away from a defensive end that's about to rip his head off, you know? But then he fumbles the ball in a critical situation. His it's become known that his fourth quarter is is awful. It's by far the worst in the league. It's yeah. not even close. The QB rating for Fields in the fourth quarter is I don't know what the actual number is, but I think it's about in the tw- in the high twenties. It's not very good. It's terrible, right? And you can't have that. I mean that it it spoils the rest of the game because all people walk away remembering is. Well, what happened? Yeah, and it lets people
1: just continue the narrative that Justin Fields isn't a winning quarterback. And look, wins are not a quarterback stat. We all know this, but a lot of times the quarterback does make the biggest impact towards winning or losing. Absolutely. And it's really difficult to be a good quarterback and have a record of 4-20 and or whatever Justin Fields' record is. (laughs) Since he's been in the pros, like the two are definitely correlated. It's really hard to suck and to be at several games over 500, and it's very hard to be really good and be several games under 500. Yeah, that's just the way it goes in the NFL. Now, the Bears have done a lot to make it very difficult for Justin Fields to win games. I understand that, but yeah, we have seen bad plays in the fourth quarter. We. I've seen him throw critical interceptions or critical pick sixes or have just boneheaded fumbles like we saw in the game on Monday night. And look, there's five games left in the season. And the biggest topic of conversation for the next five games is what will the Bears do with their first pick? Because as Carolina continues to lose, it seems more and more likely that the Bears will have the number one overall pick again. Yep. And... When you continue to see the types of mistakes that you saw on Monday night, it just becomes harder and harder to argue that the right thing to do isn't take a quarterback with that first pick.
0: It's, it's really uh, it's a real challenge. Um, you and I have both been big proponents of, of fields. Um, I really like him as a player. Uh, he seems like he's a really, really quality individual uh, as a whole. And he does make some incredible plays. But, the you know, he does. He has those game killers. And no, we're not saying that it's all fields. To me, the attitude is just silly. It's ignorant. And the reason is, is simply because this is the most team-oriented game in the world. But at the same time, as you were just saying, Jim, that... He does have a heavier impact on the outcome of the game than any single player on the team. That's not new news. Everybody knows if you want to have a winning team, then the the, the top dog has to be the quarterback. That's just the way it is. And it starts at freaking five-year-old peewee, and it goes all the way up, right? And you can have
1: turnovers. Like, Josh Allen turns the ball over all the time.
0: Right. But Josh Allen also has a lot
1: of really good plays, and Fields just doesn't have that level of production, right? I mean, Fields does make the spectacular play from time to time, but Josh Allen's doing that pretty much every drive. Yeah. Like, Fields, for example, the play where he was rolling out and... Had Mooney wide open 25 yards down the field and completely airmailed him and damn near got Mooney killed. You can't do that. No. Like, you, you can't have those missed opportunities when you're also the guy that's going to put the ball on the ground a couple times a game because that's been a problem Field's whole career is fumbling the football. And they've gotten a lot of them back, but. I would be interested to look and see who's the leader in just fumbles, lost and recovered since his time in the league began. He's got to be up there because he puts the ball on the ground a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's because of holding the ball too long and poor ball security. And look, there's also times when it's because he's trying to make plays. I understand that. That's what happened on the second fumble in this game. But there's too many times when he's just careless with it in the pocket. And I was thinking about, a game last year it was when the bears had a lead against detroit and blew it and one of the reasons they blew it is because fields threw just a terrible pick six like he yeah. floated it up there and i think it was that was um, the one at detroit at, No, it was it was at soldier oh the bears blew like a 10 point lead i think but it was pretty early on last year and i remember saying look that's the type of mis- oh right
0: the one at detroit was the blowout yeah exactly yeah, that's right and
1: I remember you and I talking about it, and we said "Yeah, that's the type of mistake that you hope he learns from and that you're willing to live with now with a right. young quarterback, but it's over a year later, and the, the same type types of mistakes are still happening, so it's frustrating. And I, I think it just makes it more likely that they will take a quarterback this year, and I know a lot of people don't want that, but I just think that's what's going to happen, and then they're going to try to build around that new quarterback. That just seems to be the direction this is pointing.
0: So – uh it came uh, it, it it came out uh on video this uh well it was part of the coverage they had this gathering of the minds uh after the win uh a road win and uh Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and uh, are 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 there um supporting Matt Eberflus um what what do you what do you think about that <laughs> <laughs> It's. Uh... I thought that I thought it was really odd myself. I mean, that's one thing that if that's a home game, um, and obviously it was a big deal because Matt Abreu has finally got a win against a division opponent, but on the road just seemed it, and also it's a, a nationally televised game, so you know it. I don't know. It just seems strange to me.
1: Well, so Kevin Warren did used to work here. So yeah. Maybe he came to town. To-
0: Get, see friends. Get dinner and... with some old friends or whatever. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, I was a
0: little surprised as well that Kevin... Did you notice at... that they kept showing polls throughout the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They and sure did. Polls looked very, like, stern, serious, almost grim at times. Well, uh, wouldn't you have been? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I found it interesting. Um, it kind of makes me more worried that Iberflus is coming back. Yeah. Because, like, we've been saying pretty much all year that we think it's close to 0% that he's back. But if I were him, what I would say is, look, last year we lost a lot of games because there was nobody on the roster. Yeah. This year we started really slow, but once you actually got me a pass rusher and once I had a chance to develop the interior lineman that we drafted – the defense started playing a lot better, and I've got my defense going in the right direction. And over the last eight games, they're around 500. Now, you can't take away the first four where they started winless. But over the, <laughs> over the last over the last eight games, they're 4-4. Four and four. So if I were him, there are things that you can point to as progress. Now, to me, I would say there hasn't been enough progress because... I just think it was unacceptable the way they started the year. They, they weren't ready to go for a month. Yeah. And then they finally got a couple things figured out. But I think Poles really likes Iberflus. And that vote of confidence he gave continues to stick in my mind. Because yeah. the generic vote of confidence is, look, we're committed to Matt. We're going to evaluate everything in the offseason. But he's our guy. Poles spent... Five minutes talking about what a great leader Matt Eberflus was. So <laughs> he clearly likes the guy. Um, Kevin Warren I think part of this too is I think Kevin Warren likes being on TV because we saw him at the Chargers game in LA wearing the big bright orange tie. Yeah. And- taking notes on his pad. That was a nice tie though. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> and he's making sure everybody knows how many notes he's taking. So, I think Kevin Warren likes the the spotlight and that might be why he was in the locker room, but yeah, I definitely saw a united front there and it's making me nervous, I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah, I um uh, it it was to me, like I said, I thought it was very strange and I did feel that it looked—it was meant to look like a united front on national television. Um, you know, they didn't have a poster board up that said, rah, rah, Eberflus," but right. um, I almost felt like they uh, were ready to bust that out. Uh, you're right. It does come across like Poles is really behind the decision that he made to get Eberflus, And uh, you know, let's play devil's advocate, though, for a moment. Eberflus was put in a really tough situation, right? Yep. He knew that the team was about to be stripped to the bone, right? right. It was about to be stripped down to the studs. And the, he, he he was okay with that. He signed on for that, you know? I mean, think about it. You're a coach and you're going into a situation where you know that all you're going to be working with is players that are are rookies or guys. Most of the guys, you know, it's just like at the beginning of Major League, right? Yeah. Most of the guys that are are here I've never heard of, you know? (laughs) It's like the famous Ditka line. Two years from now, none of you will be here. (laughs) Exactly. It is exactly like that because that's exactly what Ditka did. Right. He came into a terrible situation, right? Well, this this that's actually a great parallel because Iberflus came into a situation that was equally as terrible. Well, I, and Iberflus does himself no favors
1: because he is the worst head coach I've ever seen at talking he's to He's Such the media. a doofus. Like he, he he just has no ability to speak publicly. No. Which just I can't even believe that you can get to be an NFL head coach with that level of public speaking ability, but he's terrible at it. He's terrible at it. And that's what we all see. So we see the record, and then we listen to the press conferences, and he just sounds like a total doofus up there bumbling his way through everything. And naturally, we all think, this guy's an idiot. And look, there's been plenty of in-game coaching decisions that you can critique, and they've had the issues with the staff, and there's been any number of... Undisciplined penalties or being unprepared for games or just poor clock management decisions. So I don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's showing that he's a pretty good defensive coordinator and that's great. But I wanted to be the defensive coordinator then. Yeah. I don't have any confidence that if the Bears go out and make two top 10 picks next year and spend a bunch of money in free agency and actually have a roster that's built to contend for a playoff berth, that Matt Eberflus is the head coach that puts them in the best position to get there.
0: I do. I 100% agree. Um, I, 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 I mean, uh, uh, all I was trying to say is, is that uh, Eberflus was put in a very tough situation, and at some point you got to look at it like he's trying to make the best of things, and the team uh, from start zero to now has improved. There's no question on those things. But the team hasn't improved enough. The personnel situation with his coaches, that part, to me, should be a big factor. Right? How is it that you don't know these two individuals well enough that they end up getting fired under mysterious circumstances? That part of it is, you know, you vouch for these guys, you know... Uh, uh Williams came with him right from from Indianapolis so that those two those two should be a big factor in in his job security they would be for any executive in any corporation right so if two guys you fire
1: ha- or two guys you hired have to be walked out of the building
0: yes, right? yes. absolutely so to me those are the ones that it overrides trying to say, hey, we got to give him time to develop.
1: Well, and also, he's not a good CEO of the team. The offense clearly, in his tenure, has had multiple stints where everybody that's watching the game has no idea what they're doing. Right. For example, this game, how many NFL experts, this is not you and me talking, this is actual, like, former NFL players and people that know what they're talking about tweeted why do they keep throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> like everybody was tweeting that kurt warner like yep. real nfl people were saying why do they continue to run the same screen pass when it's not working yeah and i understand ibra flus is not an offensive guy but he needs to get on the headset and talk to luke Getze and say hey dummy <laughs> Stop doing that. Like, <laughs> Stop it. That He doesn't need to tell him what play to call, but tell him to call something different. Because <laughs> it was infuriating watching that. You start using
0: some plays that go forward.
1: Yeah. Or at the start of the year, when, again, they tried to tailor the offense to... Uh, Justin Fields, and Justin Fields wasn't comfortable with what they're doing, it's your head coach's job to notice that. Yeah. And to understand what's going on and to say, Luke, we're not doing this. So, I just don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's a very good linebackers coach, defensive coordinator. If they want to hire Jim Harbaugh and tell Matt Eberflus to stay on his defensive coordinator, I'm all for it. Now, that would never happen, but, (laughs) you know. No, I'm not even
0: for that either. Yeah, I just don't, I, I don't. They have to fire him, and they have to, and his whole staff, and start over again, no matter what. I, I, you and I have been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks that we believe he has zero percent chance of staying. Um, you know, the the one sad thing is, is that. Are you still at zero percent? No, okay. uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, being realistic, I think we. The last time we talked about this uh, last week, it was more like about twenty, but you know it, 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 that, like I said, that United front thing seemed awfully strange. But
1: especially, like I don't know
0: how I don't know how you justify keeping the guy. I don't, I, I don't see any reason.
1: Well, it's like when you look at the schedule down the stretch, it's not strong, so I think it's likely they go like two and three. But I mean, if a couple of bounces go their way, they could win. Three or four games down the stretch and finish. And, and with you know, seven and that's, wins.
0: You're right, but that's one thing. But then, what? What the hell is the deal with your? See, that's that's where to me, I'm hoping that Paul steps back and goes, "Okay, maybe I could reason out that he's improving, right?" Yeah. And like you said, they win a few games down the stretch. But that doesn't change the fact that you had to have two of your personnel escorted from the building, and that you started off 0 and four, and
1: are now four and eight. Like, if they go four and one down the stretch, which I don't think they're gonna do. Like, this team hasn't won two games in a row in several years, so or in at least two years, right? So I don't think that they're gonna put together a magical run right now. <laughs> but even even if they do, like, so much of the end of the season is just so random. Yeah. Like, if. One thing goes differently in this Vikings game than the Vikings win that game. Like, you can't make these kinds of decisions based on wins and losses alone. You need to look at the product that's going on the field. And, look, the Bears won that game, but it looked more like a loss. Honestly. Yeah, it team, really did. The team was terrible, especially on offense. So, I would hope that they've seen enough and that, They're not making this decision based on these last five or six games. I remember one of the Lovey years, like when the Bears were out of it and they won their last two games and Jerry Angelo came down and said the reason they didn't fire Lovey Smith is because of how the team rallied for the last two games when the season was already over. It's like (laughs) good good teams don't make decisions that way. Like they look at everything and I would hope they've seen enough.
0: Yeah, they have to get rid of... um... They they have to move on from these guys, and that's the thing is is that everybody realizes that this is going to be a big conundrum, uh, simply because if you do that, that means you you don't you don't move forward with fields then for sure. I I just I, I don't see how. It works that you you go to a new head coach and keep keep him.
1: Unless the new head coach wants him.
0: Yeah, unless the new head coach wants him.
1: Well, none of it works unless you kind of... But then
0: there's the whole money part of it, too, with fields. You know, because during the offseason, you're going to have to give him the fifth-year option if you're going to keep him.
1: You don't have to. Um, You could tell him to play his last year on his rookie deal, and then we'll figure it out in the offseason. season.
0: Yeah, the only thing is is that then when he leaves, you don't get anything for it.
1: Or he plays well, and then you're tied into giving him $200 million like the Giants with Daniel Jones. Yeah, like, exactly. If he plays well enough to get him to 10-7, and 7 and they're a wild card team that really has no shot of winning the Super Bowl then you've got to extend him, and market value for that is the contract Daniel Jones got. Right. And then you're in the worst possible position where you've given elite money to a non-elite quarterback. I mean, that's not... I mean, that's... None of this works, if you think about it. Yeah, like,
0: none of it works. Unless
1: you clean house. Like, you Because if, if you just fire Getze... Who's going to take the job under Eberflus knowing that Eberflus is probably on his last year? Especially, yeah, that's lame duck. Right, exactly. And unless you get an offensive coordinator that thinks to himself, maybe I'll take the job, I'll do really well on offense, and then they'll fire Eberflus and I'll get the job. But if you do well enough, then you're probably not firing Eberflus. So who's going to want that job? And then, yeah, the point you just made about if you clean out the entire coaching staff but you keep the quarterback, that gets difficult too. So I think the only way it works is if Poles just cleans house and they draft the quarterback and they've got new head coach, new quarterback, a bunch of money to spend on free agents. Like, I I just think that's the way
0: it's going. And the thing is, is um, with a new head coach, The chances that he's going to want to come in at this point in Fields' career and start, you know, start his new job in that situation. I mean, you know, that's the thing is I've said for years and years, the hardest job, the single hardest job in the NFL is playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I absolutely 100% believe that. I don't think there's a tougher spot because they end up in the national spotlight all the time. All the time. And, you know, that's the thing is, you've seen all of the controversy surrounding this. Why would you want to step into that? I mean, I'd be like, you know, hey, I really appreciate this opportunity. I would love to seize on it, but I want to pick my own guy, and I I don't want to go with what is what is the status quo. I I want to get my own guy, and there's a good crop. I mean, this is a really good crop of quarterbacks. Well, supposedly it's going to be a really good crop of quarterbacks uh, coming out, and so you have a chance to boom, this is my guy, this is who I'm going with. Yeah, and, I mean... What about if Harbaugh comes and a friend of the show, Lavelle E. Neal, he says that the Bears, the rumor is that the Bears love J.J. McCarthy.
1: (laughs) I mean, that would be exciting. Yeah. I, I don't know a ton about McCarthy. Like, I haven't watched a ton of him. What I've seen is impressive. Um, I think he's probably looking to go towards the back half of the first round. So that means he'd probably be trading down at least a couple, like at least once, maybe a couple times. times. Um, I mean, I, I think getting Harbaugh in would be a way to get this fan base really excited because say what you want about Jim Harbaugh, he knows how to coach. Now mm-hmm. the interview he had with the Vikings scares me a little bit because by all accounts, he walked into that interview expecting them to kind of just coronate him as their new head coach. he didn't really do any prep, and he kind of said, "I'm Jim Harbaugh. This should be my job." And to me, that type of entitlement doesn't say doesn't speak highly, especially when you're coming from college. Yeah, because there's just been so many college. But he's already been in the pros. Yeah, and has. in the Super Bowl, he has. College always scares me because it's just a different world and it's becoming less like that with NIL and with the transfer portal. But like college coaches can get pretty far by just kind of bullying their players around and by just getting the best athletes and just saying, we've got better athletes than Northwestern in Illinois. So, but, but look, Harbaugh is a great coach. Like you said, if he is committed to the job, then I would be hard pressed to find a better hire. I would just have yeah. a couple of years and I, I also just get nervous at any time you do have like the prodigal son returning like <laughs> the last time I could think that that happened is when the Raiders gave John Gruden a hundred million dollars Yeah. and look we know how that ended with the emails but it was a disaster before that yeah so that that always makes me nervous too but look I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if the Bears hired Jim Harbaugh I wouldn't be out dancing in the streets like I'd be really excited yeah
0: I mean same here uh, I actually uh, have bias against Jim Harbaugh because it's always pissed me off that, to me, he got my dick <laughs> fired So, but uh, the, the thing is, is that um, I, I got to say, uh, for last year I was pretty interested in it, but this year I'm, I'm on the Jim Harbaugh bandwagon. And I 100% believe that if he wins the national championship... I really think there's a super high percentage chance he comes here or maybe just comes back in the NFL. Now, I don't know whether no one has a, a way of knowing whether this is actually his the job that he really wants. It is known that this is at least one of them. But that doesn't mean that another team couldn't swoop in and say, hey, you know, uh, they didn't want you, but we do, right? Also, if you got the the first
1: overall pick. Right. and That's the key. And you've already got a number one wide receiver. And you've got the building blocks of a pretty solid offense.
0: And the defense is already decent. I mean, it's a
1: pretty attractive job. It's a
0: pretty attractive job the way it is right now. And so... You know, I I I've thought that he 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 has been at Michigan and stayed at Michigan because he wants to win a national championship, and they have a real shot at it. Even though I don't think they're and going because to. of money and because of money <laughs> and sure. because they're paying him in wheelbarrows of hundred dollar bills. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, the, it, it, let's let's be real though. I mean, he he he's at one of the highest in one of the highest paying coaching gigs in in all of the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, they have a hundred. They have a, a stadium that holds over a hundred thousand, you know. So, so it, you know, it's it's pretty high profile. But so you know, he he's able to come in and pick his guy. Um, I have looked up uh, J.J. McCarthy. He is your hybrid type. I, I really do not see a big difference between him and Justin Fields. I really don't. Um, people forget how good Justin Fields was at Ohio State. I mean, he was really good there, right? Now, I gotta say, um, I was looking at this the other day. Caleb Williams has, he, he's still really, really far up there, um, Another person uh, that I think is worth looking at is Jaden Williams or Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels from uh, LSU. Um, he's thrown a lot of touchdowns too. Uh, he is a little bit older though. But um, what, uh, so if if you have, you put on your GM hat here for a second. So you have the choice of sticking with fields uh, and, and, We both are on the same page. We don't want this coaching staff anymore. What do you do? Do you, uh, do you, do you keep fields or do you try and trade fields? Uh, because you're, you're drafting a a top quarterback. Yeah. And just before that, by the way, uh,
1: Dane Brugler's mock draft came out today. He's got McCarthy going 22. So yeah. Around there.
0: Um, I think he has us taking Caleb Williams. Yeah, he does. Uh,
1: I like fields, but I just haven't seen enough. It's just been too inconsistent, too many mistakes. I would I, I still think there's a chance he could go somewhere else and do well. I think he could do well here with the right coaching, but I also find it hard to believe that there's not a quarterback in this draft class that could be better. Mm-hmm. So look, if if you're crunching the film and you say none of these guys are special Justin ceiling is still the highest, then I want him back. But I just have a hard time believing that's true, especially when you've got Caleb Williams, who's kind of a generational prospect. And look, you've got a lot of other really highly touted quarterbacks too. So I see some value in bringing back fields and saying that we're going to invest in a left tackle and another receiver, and we're just going to have this elite group surrounding him. But I also think, you know, you can restart the quarterback clock. You can get somebody that's going to be under cheap contract control for four years. And that probably has just as high of a ceiling. I think that's what I'd lean towards doing.
0: Well, And um, one of the arguments for Caleb Williams is that uh, even his, um, even his floor is higher than a lot of the players that uh, a lot of the quarterbacks are in, in the NFL right now. Um, he, 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 you know, they're even with how non-great the USC season was this year, his numbers are still really good, and uh, according to Biggs, um, he's talked to a couple of scouts, and they're still, like, this guy is still number one.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a bit of a misconception that Caleb Williams has, like, elite supporting cast on offense like not this year usc's pretty average which is why their season didn't go that well Uh, a reason why they've been ranked so highly this year is because of him like his receivers and his team are are not that impressive and And his his
0: defense is awful yeah
1: and he's got a coach that is great at getting college quarterbacks to be very productive and and he was and he's been very successful at that but yeah, he's he's got a ton of talent. I I would like him on the Bears for sure.
0: They are saying that De- um, uh, that May is uh, you know from North Carolina. Um, they're they're saying that Williams is one, but May is one a. A lot of people think May is a better pro prospect. Yeah, he's he's got but he well for one thing he has much better size. Um, he's supposed to have a. Mm, Absolute cannon for an arm. He looked really good against the Gophers. But, um, but uh, you know, the, the big thing with Williams uh, is supposed to be his accuracy. And, you know, you were talking about Josh Allen earlier. Josh Allen has some serious accuracy, you know. I mean, he does have that running ability. And he does have good arm strength. And he does have really good size, too. But his accuracy is what elevates him. And I mean, lo- you know, let's look at it locally. You know, that was the thing with 12. That's why he killed us every single year. That's why he, that's why he has been so successful in the NFL. Because he's arguably the most accurate quarterback in the history of the game. Yeah. You know? So, you know, that's one of the things that really intrigues me about Caleb Williams. Is because he... he his his ability, his vision and his um his touch, his his touch on passes is really extraordinary. Yeah, he makes some out of this world throws. He's insanely
1: talented and I think part of what happens is just that when you have a quarterback that for a couple years is you know said to be going number 1 in the draft, people just kind of naturally look for flaws in their game. I mean, we saw that happen with Trevor Lawrence and with Justin Fields. Like people say, now oh, you know there's this other guy or there's this other guy, and people just kind of get bored when you've got the same person at the top of the list for every for for multiple years. And I think that's a little bit of what's happened with Williams. I think he will be the first overall pick in the draft, and I think I, he I th- will. Be I too. think he's going to do
0: well. Yeah, um, you know uh, the uh, the other thing is is that. I was looking at the list of quarterbacks that started games this last weekend. Holy smokes. It, this this league is absolutely starved for quarterbacks. I mean, Tommy DeVito, you know, started his, I think, third game. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, Jake Browning. Yeah. It's like, who is that guy, you know?
1: Tim um,
0: Boyle. <laughs> right, right. Bailey Zapp came in for Mac Jones. And... and now there's supposedly a quarterback controversy. Didn't we have that last year? It was these and it was these same two guys. You know, it's it, out there is uh, there is a void of decent quarterbacks, and I, I think that um, even with Fields' uh, issues, I think he would still be a pretty hot commodity to quite a few teams out there. Oh, absolutely. Not to mention the purple. Because they, they have some of their own quarterback issues. Are they going to give Kirk Cousins $35 million to come back again at age 36, coming off a major injury? Is Josh Dobbs going to be their starter of the future? I don't think so. They're going to give Kirk Cousins $36 million. <laughs> that's, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so uh, moving on. Yeah, should do power rankings for you? Power rankings. Okay, so here we go. Um we uh we the um power rankings uh, extra uh bit uh, this week is they uh showed up what the um football power and the FBI uh, rankings football power index rankings for each team at this point. Uh the number 1 team in the NFL this week is the Philadelphia Eagles at 10 and 1. Uh they did not move. So an example is they have the fifth ranked offense, the fourteenth ranked defense, number one in special teams, right? So the first bear, the first uh, North team is Detroit, and they are at seven, uh, at eight and three. They dropped down to seven from four offense, eight defense, twenty eight special teams, four. Um, and what then did you say
1: their defense was.
0: Twenty eight. Yeah, I was gonna say their defense is not good. Yeah, it's it in it, 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 and it the thing is is that it should be. But uh the Lions are allowing their opponents to score a touchdown in the red zone sixty eight point six percent of the time. Ooh, that is a serious issue. And you have a defensive coordinator as your head coach. And
1: uh Jordan Love just tore him up. I mean, the Bears did well against them. Jordan too. Love
0: smoked them.
1: Yeah, I think the Lions are one of those teams where it's kind of a fun story, but it seems like when they go up against the, Cowboys, the really good teams. Yeah, I don't think they're get, I don't think they're beating the Cowboys, the 49ers or the Eagles in the playoffs.
0: So, uh the Minnesota Vikings dropped from 13 to 15, offense 19, defense 10. Uh special teams 26 you know that's uh, offense 19 that's that's pretty good considering justin jefferson has been out most of the most of the season um packers are at 17 they moved up 7 spots from 24 they're on the rise they are on the rise um offense 16 defense 13 special teams 32 Oof.
1: <laughs> so the <laughs> former bear friend pat o'donnell right
0: uh, no he got cut ah, yeah they have they have a rookie uh punter okay. um so it looks like we got rid of him at the at at the right time oh and you know uh, he gets to walk away from that i think they gave him 5 million dollars for one year
1: so it's the american dream five, yeah. 5 million bucks to punt the ball uh, yeah
0: um so uh, where's our beloved bears
1: uh, i'm guessing we were what, 28th last week uh, yep. I mean, I wouldn't move them up, so I'm gonna say 28 still.
0: Nope, 27. Yeah, all right, who they do, who, did move up who, one spot who, from that we, victory. Who, who'd we jump? <laughs> we jumped over the Jets.
1: Ah, sure, yeah. yeah
0: so, guess. uh, behind them are Jets, Giants, Cardinals, Patriots, and you know who. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Bears uh, are at oh, let's see, it looks like offense 21. Defense, 25. Special teams, 16. That's a higher ranking than I thought it would be on special teams and a lower ranking than I thought it would be on defense. But defense is getting killed because um, uh, the amount of yards they allow. That's right? just a brutal start. Yeah. The Bears, once again, have a top-rushing offense, averaging 137.7 yards per game and have seen improvements with their passing attack up from 32nd a year ago to 25th. (laughs) Matt Eberflus' defense has made significant strides against the run but has struggled with its pass rush, leading to a league-low 17 sacks. Kicker Cairo Santos has been consistent, connecting on 92% of his field goals and extra points. So um, I think
1: that's probably why special teams is so high. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Because of the kicker. Our,
0: our, our kicking game is good. Yeah. And our punting game is at least, ab- uh, at least a little bit above average, I would say. Punt coverage. But punt but coverage, terrible. Yeah. Uh, and kick coverage, terrible. I, 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 th- I think that Richard Hightower is a total failure. I, I, I am I am 100% serious about that. I, I have thought that the special teams have been crap ever since he took over. They haven't been good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: I gave him a pass last year because the roster was so bad. Yeah. And, you know, the bottom of your roster is what's playing special teams. So they had a lot of turnover down there. But, yeah, it hasn't been very impressive this year either.
0: Yeah. I mean, they allowed that big return uh, towards the end of the game the other night. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just – they're – they're just not it's just not a good group. Uh, I mean, it's like you said, he's only saved because Santos is a really good kicker. And it's not it's not because of him that he's a really good kicker. No, he's been around a long time. Yeah. yeah. So, um so that's the power rankings. So, uh we'll go over the games of the week. Go around the division quick. Yeah. Let's... The Bears are on a bye, thankfully. So. Yeah, Bears and Vikings are on a bye this week. Um, so, uh, we're looking at, um, Kansas City at Green Bay. Boy, that's such an
1: interesting game. The Packers have been playing a lot better. The Chiefs have have been
0: playing worse. Yeah.
1: They've not been very impressive the last few weeks. So going to Lambeau, right? Yes. It's a tough spot. I mean, I'm going to give the edge to the Chiefs pretty much always. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still the best, but I bet the Packers keep that game close. And I... I'm very interested to see how Jordan Love does against the Chiefs defense because the Chiefs defense is pretty nasty. It is. It is really good defense. I would not be surprised if the Packers keep
0: that one close, especially up at Lambeau. KC by six. Hey, betters out there. That could be a really good one to look at because I don't think it's going to be that... I think it's more like a field goal. Game. Yeah,
1: it feels like Chiefs win by a field goal as time expires. Yeah, like or one of the, like the Mahomes patented drives where like they're down five with two minutes to go and he goes down and scores a touchdown or something.
0: Yeah, um, it looks like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Jordan uh, Jordan Love twenty five ninety nine in yards, nineteen touchdowns, ten picks. Yeah, that's pretty decent for his quote unquote rookie year. Um, the matchup predictor has Kansas City seventy two and Green Bay twenty eight. So
1: I bet Green Bay money line.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, that's yeah, that's a that's a good call right there. Um, and the other one is where's the other one? Lions are going to the Saints. Oh, Lions at Saints. Yeah. So let's see the matchup predictor there. Uh, Detroit fifty six and Saints forty four. Yeah, the Lions haven't played well the last two weeks. I mean, really, the Bears should have won
1: that game. Absolutely. And the Lions, when did they get blown out by Baltimore? Was that, that was what? That
0: was 10-22. About a month ago? Yep.
1: Yeah, so they've not played that well for the last month, but the Saints also stink. And I think the Saints also have like a ton of wide receiver injuries. So I think Detroit, with some extra rest, kind of... David Carr sucks. He's really bad. And I I think I think the Lions kind of get off the the snide here, and I I think they'll go yeah on and win this one. I easily. think
0: I agree one hundred percent, and and only because the Saints are not good.
1: Yeah, I mean Derek Carr is just the most average quarterback. Yeah, and look like you, to the point you made earlier, there's a lot of teams out there that would kill for average, but yeah. he's not really taking that team to the next level at all. No, uh,
0: I mean if you. Offer me David Carr or Justin Fields. I'm taking Justin Fields ten times. Correct. You know. So uh, anyway, um, so that's uh, uh, that. That's all the games around the around the league. So Survivor.
1: Yeah. And
0: Survivor is interesting this week.
1: Yeah. So I don't love any of our options at all. <laughs> yeah. So there's three that I think we could do. We could take the Chargers on the road at New England. We could take Pittsburgh at home against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Yep. Or we could take Tampa Bay at home versus Carolina, which I would normally like, but I always get nervous when it's a team's first game after firing their coach. Like <laughs> sometimes you just get like a brief spasm of competence. And it's Chris Tabor. And the Bucks stink.
0: And the Bucks stink. I,
1: mean, I know they're at home, but they're they're bad. So, do you? Was
0: there anyone else you were looking at, or do you feel strongly about any of those? I mean. Uh, no, uh, the ones that you are, um, you know, uh, when you eliminate the teams that we've already taken and, uh, and you look, um, there's not a lot to be, uh, excited about. A lot of people love the Texans this week. Uh, you know, I was looking at that. That's not uh, that's a, that's a good one. However, Denver's won five in a row. Denver is, well, and in general, they're playing better football. Right. Russell Wilson is playing more like the Russell Wilson of old. I mean subjectively, right, right. But um, he's been pretty decent. But they' yeah, their offense and their defense are both playing uh, are both playing better. And while Houston Houston is showing that they're pretty streaky, you know um, they you know one week they look like they're uh, they're ready to go to the playoffs and be a high seed. And the next game, they lose to the Carolina Panthers. So, it, <laughs> right. I mean, they, they've—all I'm saying is—is is that they've definitely—they seem like they're not even. Right. And that's one of the things that I'll give Denver is Denver seems to have established a a a, 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 a flow. And it's Sean
1: Payton who's really good. I don't love going against him, like. Ugh. God. I mean, you could also use the Falcons on the road against Tim Boyle. Yeah. But they suck.
0: The oh man, Desmond Ritter is terrible. See, there's another one, you yeah. know. I mean, there is so many bad quarterbacks. And I mean, you know, that's all subjective because really these guys are all actually amazing. But um, you know, that's where you look at fields and you're like, you know, we're so we're so hypercritical of that guy, but I mean, a lot of the things that he does are better than a lot of the guys in the NFL. So, but um, anyway, um, I'm thinking that probably Carolina at Tampa Bay is looking like yeah. that. Or, I mean, the Chargers are,
1: ugh, God, they're so bad.
0: No, yeah, but New England is also really bad. Really terrible. I, I, uh, you know what? That's probably the smarter one because of one guy, Justin Herbert. Yeah. He's playing well and um you know, he's young, he's got a lot of fire to play. Uh he's going up against a team that is just a sad sack of a team.
1: And the, char- <laughs> at this point. the
0: Chargers I think like at least
1: nominally have some playoff hopes alive, so they need this one, but god, it's also Brandon Staley who's just terrible against Belichick, who's pretty bad now, but I think better than Staley. I Yeah,
0: but, I mean, Belichick's quarterback situation is as bad as it gets. Right. I mean, you know, I, I mean, if I'm Bailey Zapp or Mac Jones, I'm like, just let me go someplace, someplace else. Get me out of here. Um, I think that's, I th- kind of think that's the one we should go with. Uh, matchup predictor has it 66% for the Chargers. Um, the line is the Chargers by five and a half or six. Um, let's see. Now, one thing that is key is Keenan Allen is questionable right now. I think Eckler's hurt, too. Oh, Rashawn Slater is, is uh, questionable right now. Um, but, man, you know.
1: Do, I, do you, do you, do you want to do the Bucs? Like, I hate this Chargers team.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Chargers just lost to the Lions, the Packers, and the Ravens. Well, you know, those are three, you know, the those are three decent teams. And they lost to that, that Green Bay game at the last minute. Yeah, and they blew out the Jets. They blew out the Bears. So. New England just lost to the Giants 10-7. to And lost to the Colts the week before that 10-6. to <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. Yeah. They've scored 13 points in two weeks. Is Joey Bosa going to play? Um, he's not listed on the injury list, at least not right now.
1: I'm good putting the Chargers in for now.
0: I'm yeah, we'll look at it. Um, we're going to go with the Chargers for now. But we'll look at it, revisit it again, because um, maybe it'll, it'll make more sense once the injury report comes yeah. out. I mean, having Rashawn Slater out of the game um is a big deal you know
1: because the Patriots defense is still okay but yeah they just can't do anything on offense so I'd have to think that the Chargers let's keep an eye on Keenan Allen because if they don't have Keenan Allen then yeah that's huge then all their receivers are out yeah
0: that's that's huge
1: I think let's let's put the Chargers in for now with the caveat that we might switch to somebody else <laughs> yeah
0: we might switch to the to the Carolina um, uh, Carolina Tampa Bay game because um, you know uh, Tampa Bay um, Carolina is awful uh, and Tampa Bay isn't much better but they the one thing that they do have going for them is Mike Evans's balling out he's showing people you know what you guys um you should be looking for me when the when the waiver wire comes or the free agency comes at the end of the year because um i can still play this game at a high level yeah mike evans i actually wouldn't
1: hate it if he ended up on the bears next year
0: so um i wouldn't hate that either um i was going to ask you before we go here um, what do you think about bringing in daniel hunter Danielle Hunter. Yeah, sounds great. Um, because so his deal that he is on right now has a clause in it that he cannot be franchised. That's what he signed uh, at the beginning of the season because he was going to hold out because he wants a long term deal. Now, you know the the thing is is that uh, you know there was people out there that called out Sweat's deal. He was paid number five at his position, okay? So Hunter is going to be reset the market, right? He's got 13 and a half sacks this year and he is gonna want big money. I think he's gonna be in the $150 million range. Now, do you think that it makes sense to bring him in at 29 I do. Um,
1: I mean, you gotta pay for production in this league yeah and polls annoyed me last off season by not doing enough to bring in pass rush. so I wouldn't hate it. I mean that's a lot of money on edge, right? Yeah and if they're gonna make that move, then you know that's just a couple of really highly paid players on your defense on top of your highly paid linebacker. But I think you're probably moving on from Eddie Jackson's salary. I don't know what they're going to do with Jalen Johnson at this point. But, like, if they could get a player of that caliber here, then that would go a long way towards bringing this defense back to top 10 in the league. Because Sweat and Hunter and then hopefully Dexter and then a, a, another couple of, you know, upgrades on the middle, that, that's a really solid defensive line. And that's what you need.
0: Yeah, so... Um, the last uh, so this season he has 13 and a half sacks, four force fumbles, uh, he has 42 solos and 18 tackles for loss to go with 17 quarterback hits. He's great, and that's coming off of last year where he had 10 and a half sacks, 12, uh, 12 tackles for loss, and 22 quarterback hits. So He's rolling like a ball of fire right now. The only, like I said, the the one caveat there is that um, he just well he just turned twenty nine, so. But um, pass
1: rushers, you know, age
0: well. Now he now uh, Chicago going to be one of the top contend can be one of the top contenders for him. We we have the money easily. They can easily sign him and Jalen Johnson and still. They'll still be in the top five to ten in, in in salary cap. Yeah, that's how much money they still have. So, uh, I you know I'm 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 really on the fence, and only just because of his age. But um, well, especially when you've got a draft where. But man, pairing him with uh, uh, with Montez Sweat. Well, and
1: the edge rushers. Is- kind of low like edge rusher is not highly thought of in this draft right like it's thin at that position
0: except for one um the only one that uh, that they're looking at is he's probably going to be a top 10 pick is the kid from Alabama
1: yeah right and i don't know a ton about him i'm sure he's great just like every Alabama player that goes <laughs> in the top 10 is except for alex leatherwood but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm all in favor of Daniel Hunter. Like, I think the Bears have been a little too conservative with spending anyway, so I am all for it. Yeah, that that would be a good
0: coup. Well, that's it for this week, uh, folks. Uh, thanks once again for uh, joining us. Um, I uh, will we'll still be uh, we'll still be recording next week. Um, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what uh, news comes up between. Now and then, as we get closer to the end of the season, it's certainly, uh, the hype is going to get louder and louder. Um, and at some point, uh, they're not going to be able to ignore the, co- the coaching situation for too long because this is the place where teams have already started firing coaches. Um, the, the the college teams are about to go uh, through the bowl games. And, uh, you know, Um, Some NFL teams hire those kind of coaches before they even reach their bowl game. So, this is where, you know, it's like, well, you better make your move now because uh, they'll already be gone if you don't.
1: Yeah, and the Bears just don't want to fire coaches in the middle of the season for reasons. Yeah. So, we'll see how it plays out. I mean... Look, Carolina and Vegas certainly have a bit of an upper hand because they're going to have a month's head start on everyone else. And you can only do so much, but you can certainly back channel and talk to agents and kind of get a sense of, hey, if we were to interview your client, what do you think they'd be interested in or what staff would you think they'd be wanting to bring in? And so, you know, you do get a bit of a head start when you fire your coach, but the Bears haven't done that, and I don't expect them to do that until the end of the year, so that that is what it is.
0: If they if they don't go with uh Jim Harbaugh, I certainly I think that Ben Johnson is uh, really high he's really high on my list. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's high on everyone's list. <laughs> so, uh, go go offense
1: like yeah. th- that that's the go biggest offense. thing. Just the defensive coach. It's has, we're we're done with that for a while. Yeah, we we're going back to the other end of the spectrum.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> right, bear down.
1: Yeah. See you next week.